Welcome to Friends in Fiction, five best-selling authors, endless stories. Friends in Fiction is a podcast with five best-selling novelists whose common love of reading, writing, and independent bookstores bound them together with chats, author interviews, and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing. These friends discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Best-selling novelists Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, Patty Callahan Henry, and Mary Alice Monroe are five longtime friends with more than 80 published books to their credit. At the start of the pandemic, they got together for a virtual happy hour to talk about their books, their favorite bookstores, writing, reading, and publishing in this new uncharted territory. They're still talking, and they've added fascinating discussions with other best-selling novelists. So join them live on their Friends and Fiction Facebook group page every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, or listen and view later at your leisure. Hi, everyone. If it is Wednesday night at 7 p.m., it is Friends and Fiction, five best-selling novelists, endless stories. We are five writers and friends whose common love of reading, writing, and independent bookstores binds us together. And this is our weekly Friends and Fiction show. I'm Patty Callahan Henry, and my latest historical novel is Becoming Mrs. Lewis. And I'm Mary Alice Monroe, and my latest novel is On Ocean Boulevard. I'm Mary Kay Andrews. My latest book is Hello Summer. I'm Kristen Harmel, and my latest novel is The Book of Lost Names. I'm Christy Woodson Harvey, and my latest book is Feels Like Falling. And we are friends in fiction. Thank you so much for joining us. We love that you show up every Wednesday night like this. We feel like the luckiest ladies in town. Tonight, we have an incredible guest who will be joining us. We are so thrilled. We have Leanne Dolan to talk with us about her new book, The Sweeney Sisters, which I'm vaguely obsessed with. <laughs> and her, we're going to talk to her about her hugely popular website, her Facebook group, and her podcast called The Satellite Sisters, a pep talk for modern women. Mary Kay Andrews is the one who told all of us about this book. And Lord day, you must read The Queen Sisters. <laughs> what Mary Kay tells us to do, we do. And we're glad we did. I love this book so much, and we will talk about it more in a minute when Leanne pops in. She is in the green room with champagne and M&Ms. So first, let me tell you a little bit about her. Leanne is a writer, a podcaster, and a speaker. And of course, she's a sister. She's the author of Helen of Pasadena and Elizabeth the First Wife. She's a regular humor columnist for Pasadena Magazine and has written monthly columns for O, the Oprah Magazine, and Working Mother Magazine. She has written for TV, radio, and websites. In other words, she writes. She is also the producer and host of Satellite Sisters, the award-winning talk show created with her real-life sisters. She has interviewed everyone, and I love this, from Nora Ephron to Big Bird. The recent book by the Satellite Sisters is You Are the Best, a Celebration of Friendship. 
She graduated from Pomona College with a degree in classics. I hope she'll talk about that a little bit. And she lives in Pasadena with her two sons, her husband, and a big German shepherd. But for me, Lian is the kind of writer and speaker that when you read her work, you want to be her friend. Her best friend. Her humor and her insight into sisters and women's relationships are unmatched. So before we welcome her on and try to make her be our best friend, I think Mary Alice has a little bit of a special announcement. Well, I'm really excited. We on Friends in Fiction have had such a good time revealing our covers to you before anybody else. It's been, we, uh, we've seen just about all the covers. So I'm ringing up the rear. I'm so excited next week. On the 14th of October, we'll see the cover reveal for my summer book, The Summer of Lost and Found. And I'm really excited. So thank you. We cannot wait. <laughs> thank you. So let me tell you a little bit You've about our book. You've seen it. You've seen it. Spoiler alert. Kristen came up with the title. <laughs> it's a group effort title. Yeah, teamwork, teamwork. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of books and I'm sure this bookstore will be carrying that new cover. Um, our bookstore of the week is Romans. And always hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I want to remind all of us that the reason we even got started on this endeavor with Friends in Fiction was partly of our love for independent bookstores. As you know, all of us at Friends in Fiction are passionate about indies. And each week we highlight one. And tonight, Leon chose it for us. Romans is her neighborhood bookstore in Pasadena, California. It's a charming and beautiful store founded in 1894. Yes, that is 126 years. And yes, I used a calculator because words are my jam, not numbers. <laughs> they, host, <laughs> they host in times other than the pandemic over 400 free community events a year. They've had everyone from presidents to local authors and even a few of us. So tonight they're giving y'all a 10% off with the code FFHH, which is Friends in Fiction Happy Hour, FFHH, or whatever you want it to stand for. The link is on our Friends in Fiction page under the announcement tab. So cue it. Leanne, come join us, please. Thank you for having me. My gosh, the Fab Five. I mean, this is pretty great. <laughs> I think we're going to have to rename it now. Get a Friends in Fiction, just the Fab Five. <laughs> well, that can be your cool hashtag. You yeah, know, that's right? a good idea. That's a good idea. Exactly. Somebody write that down, please. <laughs> um, Leanne, welcome. We're so happy you're here. These have been crazy days with mm -hmm. the pandemic. Insane. And the five of us started the show when the five of us had book tours canceled and had to do it virtual. And I know the same thing happened to you. So tell us how the pandemic's been for you. Where have you been spending your time? How has it been? Well, I've been spending my time in this room and I love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy my oldest son moved out so I could take his bedroom. Oh, <laughs> uh, that, that was good timing. Um, you know, so my book came out at the end of April. And like you all, I think I had a really exciting tour set up about 10 cities. Uh, it had been a while since I'd been out and about. <laughs> 
that's kind of a whole other story, but I did go through cancer treatments last year. So a year ago I was undergoing, I was getting ready and undergoing surgery for colon cancer last I was really surprised. Oh my gosh. Shock diagnosis, had no idea, no symptoms, just went in for a routine colonoscopy. So this is my plug for colonoscopies. Please get one. Um, and uh, the good news was, it was stage one, they got it early. I was able and healthy four months later and getting ready for the book tour and just so excited for it because I because I had had cancer and I was like, I can't wait to see people and talk to them and get out and about. And that was like early March. We said everything. And then, you know, a week later, oh. we revamped. So, um, so wow. I would say that that gave me tremendous perspective on what's happening now. Uh, yeah. I know that, um, Patty, I believe you're a cancer survivor as well. Yeah. So, you know, the pandemic's a lot like cancer. Have you noticed that? It's yes. like am I going to live and die? There's no timeline. I'm just going to order food in and do the meditation apps. Like there's the same sort of uncertainty. It's that, it's that groundlessness, right? Yeah. Like that you, you, you can't, you can't get your feet on the ground. Right. And you right. can't really plan. And there's just untold amounts of terrible unsolicited medical advice. So that's great. You know? So, um, so I, I just kind of went back into that mode, but I was also really happy that we, I believe in digital communication. I've been connecting with women, you know, through my podcast and all kinds of things. So I'm like, well, I'm going to master this Zoom thing and I'm going to take some crowd class, crowdcast classes. And so yeah. I'm proud of you all for doing the same thing. Like you did it. There's just a real need for connection. And, and I feel like these events have been real lifesavers for me, oh, yeah. mental health yeah. and just emotionally. So I'm happy to be here. And I, I 100% applaud your efforts. Wow, that's a private revelation. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to lead with the cancer. I just <laughs> no, I think no. Oh, I'm glad you did. I, that was really powerful. Lynn, just it's that same feeling of um, trying to catch your breath and then not knowing. Like, do I plan? Like, do we? Do I make a plan for a month? Maybe I can. Maybe I can't. It was good yeah. training ground, but. Yeah. It's, it's a club we so belong to that I wish I'd never gotten a membership card for. Yes. Yeah. There right. we are. It's better to not have cancer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I wish the pandemic had really hit me like a... That I know, like a ton of bread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all of the ladies, and you too, Leanne, because you have been busting it, even though you're just at home. And I saw your newsletter today, and I love that you called it Locktober. Yeah. Still locked inside. <laughs> so it's, it was genius. And I think we're going to steal it along with the hashtag Fab Five. It's yours. It's, it's, I've been thinking a lot this week about um, hustle, like hustle. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. We got to get another Zoom. We got to get. And then the flip side of that, which you know you had to go through when you were going through the cancer, which is rest this weird balance we have to find now that the COVID restrictions are a little bit lifting and are about to slam down again. So all of my Fab Five and ladies and you, Leanne, I want to know what you guys have been doing this week to make sure your battery doesn't die, that you don't run out of gas, that you're not doing the flim flam hustle so hard that you can't even get your feet back under you. Um, Kristen, tell me. You know, I, 
I, I wish I had a good answer for that. I um I I think I'm um I'm still trying to figure it out, and I uh, I am stuck in that feeling of feeling like I'm doing all the things and none of them quite well enough. Um, but I I would say the one thing I'm trying to do to give to attain some peace is trying to make sure that there's something constructive in each day, which which works with all of us. I mean, we're you know we're we are making a lot of steps forward, taking a lot of steps forward. So it, to me, that's a big part of it. That's awesome. How about you, Mary Alice? Well, I'm embarrassed to say food. <laughs> food. I, I think I've gained five pounds this week. <laughs> we do what we have to do. We do I am on the deadline and it's like, you want ice cream? You go right ahead. <laughs> there you go. How so, about you? Um, food. How about you, Christy? Um, I mean, I, Mary Alice's answer was so good. <laughs> um, you know, this is kind of, it's been a crazy few weeks. I actually, um, I turned in my, actually my 2022 book on Thursday. Um, and it was my son's birthday on Thursday. And I told all you guys, I can't tell everybody else because it gives the book away, but it was kind of like really weird that it was that date. Cause there's like something really significant in the book that happens on that date, um, in history. So it was kind of a cool time to turn it in, but, um, it was my son's birthday book. Of course it's COVID. So we had like 11 birthday parties cause we only wanted to have like <laughs> two kids and that had like already been around each other. I mean, it was hilarious. So the whole weekend it was like, my husband is a saint. Like he deserves a Nobel prize. He took all <laughs> these fishing. Um, and so we had all these house guests and I was just exhausted. And so this week I was like, I'm behind on everything. I'm not going to jump into my next book this week. I'm just going to try to like get everything. Like I'm going to clean up my closets and try to get everything I'm behind with on design chic and like, just try to get a tie point market next week. I told you guys I have a lot going on with that. So I was like, I'm just going to like give myself a minute. Oh, thanks Michelle. Um, but I'm just going to give myself a minute and it's ironic because the writing is the thing I love so much, but, um, it's been kind of nice to just feel like, okay, I can like take a week off and the world's not going to end and it's all going to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How about you, Mary Kay? Well, I turned in revisions for this summer's book, which is The Newcomer, and my editor let me know that it didn't suck. <laughs> and, uh, I think she liked it more than that. <laughs> um, loved it. She, she did. She said she loved it. So I was down on Tybee at Ebb Tide, our vacation rental house, and I gave myself um, a day to just go into town and bop around. I went to my favorite antique stores. Um, I did the things I wanted to do. Uh, I met a friend for lunch. And that kind of, you know, that kind of refuels me. And then... Um, Monday, I um, my husband had come back to Atlanta, and so Monday, uh, again, I took another day with a friend. Patty, we went to Bluffton. Oh, my favorite place. Yeah, so um, that refuels me. Um, but then, you know, it's like you're right back. I never realized before how important it was to me to have work Mm. And I think for lots of people, um, that's the, the knowledge that you have work that you can do uh, when you, it's a gift. I mean, that took, it's, a it's a privilege. It's a privilege to say, You're right. when I decide to, I have work to go back to. Yeah. 
You're right. How about you, Leanne? How about yeah, you? I have to apologize. My uh, my engineer, my 22 year old son, just had to come in. I texted him like, "My laptop is dying. Please come plug in it." So I'm sorry. Well, we were really talking about what we've done this week to make sure that it's not all, <laughs> yes. hustle all the time. I, you know, I had put away my calm meditation app. I went back to it this week. I yeah. had used it for a long time and then it sort of drifted away. And now I'm just back at it. Like those 10 minute meditations. That's yep. all I can do. I, I feel like this was the week I needed to refocus on just breathing and doing that. So uh, it's a basic answer, but it's working for me. So no, that's we love these hints. And like you, Christy, I have been I handed in everything that was due at the moment. And I have been I can't turn my computer left or right because I've been cleaning out my office. <laughs> I love that feeling. And it, it, it is it refuel it. it I don't know. It's really, it's, it's been good. It's cleansing in every sense of the word. Leanne, we want you to tell us about the Sweeney sisters. Sure. Um, Whatever your elevator pitch is, it can be as tall as the Eiffel Tower or just two floors, whatever you want. But let us talk a little bit about this amazing book. Okay. Well, you know, it's, it's a book about three real sisters in Connecticut who find out after the death of their famous father that there's a fourth sister. Um, but I think this group would appreciate this. And I, I know there are a lot of writers who watch this, that um, the book came together rather quickly because I had um, written a whole other book. Uh, it was an art history mystery really? set in Paris, which apparently I now have to rename because it's called Lost and Found in Paris. And now <laughs> I hear that your book is called. So I will be. Oh, it'll be a year later. Thanks. It's okay. Thanks for the heads up. Anybody in the world has a house, so you can go ahead. <laughs> I mean, my gosh, I was like, are you kidding me? Uh, anyway, I had that book out, and an editor at William Morrow was interested in that book and said, does she have another book? Does she have another book about sisters with a secret? And uh, my agent called. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure I can cook something up. You know, I've been working with my sisters for 20 years. How hard could this be? I have plenty of sisters material. I just got to figure out a secret. It'll be great. She's like, do you have it in an hour? Because that's when you're talking to the editor. And I was like, yeah, an hour. Of course I do. So um, I, I know, you know, we've all written so many books, but that's when you're glad you have like, those files and those notes you've taken and those articles you've clipped and those things you've stored in the back of your head. Um, and that's what I drew on. I had uh, pitched wow. a TV I had pitched a TV show like seven years ago called Sweeney Family Rules about a group of adult siblings living in and around the New York area. It didn't sell, but I went to that folder and when I opened it up, I had these goofy um, table tents that I had used at the pitch at actual networks. You know, those PTA things where you go and you're like, you got yeah, yeah. raffle tickets and tomorrow, you know, next month's meeting. And I had those, but it had all these redheaded actresses on it, like Emma Stone. Amy <laughs> I mean, I just oh. done it for fun. So those all fell out. I'm like, okay, check. Three redheaded sisters. Great. Got that. Um, and then I needed the secret. And over at Satellite Sisters, we've had a Facebook group group for a long time. And someone had posted a photo of three adult siblings and like in their 50s or three adults in their 50s. And the comment was just, we met our brother this weekend. You know, I'm not going to go into details, but thanks to an over-the-counter DNA test, like we have a bigger family. 
And, you know, our people, like your people, they're so nice. Everyone was like, oh, thumbs up. That's so great. Oh, my gosh. Yay. And I'm thinking, is this right? Is really want somebody else showing up in midlife? Like, I'm your sister or brother. Yes, grew up thinking. Especially when the will's being read. Yeah. I mean, right. exactly. <laughs> exactly right. There's all kinds of issues. So uh, I and I thought, okay, well, okay, I got these sisters, and I have this DNA storyline, and then the last piece of that puzzle that I pitched, I decided to set it in my actual hometown. And um, I had uh, most of my previous books had not been set there. Uh, it's at my current hometown of Pasadena, but I grew up in Southport, Connecticut. And I remember, you know, 10 years ago when I sold my first novel, Helen of Pasadena, an editor had said to me, um, well, I would buy it if it was Helen of Greenwich, but no, no one's ever heard of Pasadena. So, and I'm like, except the billion people that watch that parade, lady. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the, beach boys, the Beach Boys have heard about the little old lady from Pasadena. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, um, so that's, so I, there's, I mean, you have your tribe there in the South, you're doing it, but I feel like there's such an East coast bias in publishing. I'm like, you know what? I, I can write a book set in Connecticut. I grew up there. So I, I just pitched that like an hour later, I had some sisters, another one shows up in Connecticut and here we go. And then the last piece, the father in the book, Bill Sweeney is a, you know, a literary icon, a famous writer. And when we were growing up in Southport, um, all the cool people lived in Westport next door. That's where like Erica Jong and Paul Newman lived and Arthur Miller lived there and Kurt Vonnegut. But in Southport, we just had Robert Ludlum. So, but, you know, he had all the bestsellers in the 80s and he would just wander around town. He wasn't really engaged with the town, but he would walk his dog and he would wear black socks and sandals and walk around. And then he like famously worked like 100 hours a day, seven days a week. So, um, but then I added that piece of the, the father writer. And so that's what I pitched initially, you know, after an hour. And they were, they were like, oh, that sounds good. And I was like, Oh, really? <laughs> now I have to write it. Now I have to write it. And they said, well, we'd like to bring that one out first. And I was like, but the other one is written. It's it's all written. But now it's still written, Leanne. It's still written. It's still written. It is 100%. Now I think I'm out. Okay, Kristen, I know you have a title. Thanks, Muriel. So uh, just had to change the title. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, that's happened to me more times than I can tell you. <laughs> I know. I oh, it's all right. You're fine. Just ask Kristen Harmel. She's okay. She'll <laughs> she'll have you a new <laughs> one just like that. Get her on a text string and you'll have a new title in about 15 minutes. Okay. Good I can do it for every I, everybody but myself. I can't do it for my own titles, right? I need it all of you. Okay, Kristen, I know you have a question and maybe yeah. a title. Go ahead. Yeah, but Leanne, ha ha happy to uh, title consult later. Um, but so, of course, many of us out there um, know you from your role as one of the hosts and creators of the Satellite Sisters podcast. I understand that in 2007, it was one of the first podcasts for women and that you originally began as a radio. Radio show. Can you tell us a little bit about it and how the idea for it came about and how you got started doing this with two of your sisters? Sure. Yeah. No, that's fun to talk about Satellite Sisters. So Satellite Sisters has been on the air 20 years, which wow. is astonishing. Um, yeah. 
we started on public radio in 2000, and then we moved to ABC Radio, where we were there for six very happy years. We were on at one point six days a week, three hours a day of live radio. Um, but the idea started really humbly. Like, well, my sister Liz is short. She's a marketing genius and a big wig, and she just didn't understand why there wasn't anything on radio, which was an A number one medium at the time. Anything on radio that sounded like the way she and her friends sounded, or she and her sister sounded when we got together and talked. You know, when you're sitting around drinking coffee. What's happened this week? Oh, what are the news headlines? What's going on with the guy? You know, what movies did you love? What books are you reading? All right, talk to you next week. Like, that was our big concept for the show, was that the conversations that women had with each other were valid and important. And just because they weren't necessarily about politics right and left or sports, which was most of talk radio, like they were still valid. And so my sister Liz lured us to our first sisters only weekend. And, um, uh, and we went to the mud baths in Calistoga, California. I that. Yeah, they're great. I've I mean, never not, heard of it. They're not fancy. I, I've like, always wanted to go though. Yeah. Mud. Is that appealing to you? I don't know. Like we are all pretty claustrophobic. So we're I'll like in mud, these yeah. Lucy and Ethel hot steam baths. <laughs> in those old motels, right, Lena? Yes. Yes. Uh, you're in yeah. like old motels. That's crazy. Yeah. It's moldy, <laughs> crazy old motels. And so Liz pitched us this idea. We're like, we just want out of this mud. We will do it. <laughs> and um, that is, that's how the idea started. And we, we did pitch it to the one person we knew in public radio and, and they're like, great. And the crazy thing was, you know, maybe you've heard public radio has no money. So uh, <laughs> you have the tote bags, I'm sure to prove it. And um, <laughs> so then we had to like start a company and a business and raise all our own funds. But yeah. the minute we hit the air, the idea that you could be satellite sisters, we didn't have to explain it to people. They got it. Like mm. you're either sisters in real life or like the five of you are satellite sisters, like people got it right away and women in particular got it and so we just have kept talking for 20 years i mean the secret to our success is that we don't work together <laughs> in the same place you know i mean and we'd all say that like none of us go we, the five of us have never been to an office together my sisters you know when when we started the show two were in new york i was in la one's in portland one was in bangkok then we moved to abc and it was L.A., my sister in Bangkok moved to Moscow. You know, we have always moved around and done essentially this, like connected and, and just talked. And um, the topics we talk about are exactly what you just talked about. You know, I mean, it's the things that matter to women every day. Maybe is because the five of us are in five different states. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> survive. Right. Mary Alice, I know you wanted to ask a question. Yeah. Well, Leon, I'm we both have big families. Okay. I'm um the third eldest of ten, oh, and you're the baby of eight, and the baby's a whole nother thing. But I have to say that I know that I use well, two things. Let me go back. I really love your seven lessons I learned growing up. Let me just start there. Uh, if you have all of you people out there if you haven't seen it, Google it. It's hysterically, but it's true. I mean, I was like, 
oh yeah, she gets it. I know. Number three, what was it? Um, someday the pork chop will be yours. <laughs> totally got that. <laughs> and the other one, number five, you can go anywhere if you can get there under your own steam. But you know, that's where we all remember walking two miles to school. So anyway, in my work, my brothers and sisters, this big group, I have five sisters, I'm one of five sisters. We, I use that for fodder for books. We, we have so much history. And I thought when I read this book that you must have a lot of fodder from your sisters and your whole big family. How much of that do you bring to the table in your books? And especially this one, are there any real stories that made it over into your novel? Um, for this one, I said to my sisters when I sold it, because it sold rather quickly, I was like, everything we ever did is going in. I'm going to change it. <laughs> so, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, every, everything. Uh, and, um, but that being said, you know, as the youngest of eight, I, in a million years, I would not honor my sisters by writing a book and, and, and making them actual fictional characters. Forget it. If they want to be in a book, they can write their own book. Um, but, uh, so the actual sisters, the Sweeney's in the book are not my sisters. But, um, but what I tried to capture, you know, Mary Alice, you know, is that idea of sisterhood. And I think in a big family, there are big age gaps, you know, and you can grow up in essentially two different families. You know, there's the upper half and the lower half and the middle half. Yeah. And, right, right, and, right. Um, so there is this kind of growing apart and then I think coming together later in life. And so I tried to capture that in this book that the sisters may have had really different 20s and early 30s, like they went off and did their thing. But when push came to shove, they're going to come together. And um, you can have the same parents, but very different lives. And that's also, we've always talked about on Satellite Sisters, and I tried yeah. to But I also noticed that in this particular group, when they came home for the funeral, they were back in the nursery. Yeah. Oh, isn't it true, though? It's like you're 10. You walk in the door, it's like, oh, I'm 10 again. Oh, <laughs> you know, are you really going to bring up that, that right. like, the worst thing yeah, that really happened to me at age 12? Yes, you are. Okay, great. <laughs> and I love, I loved, Leanne, I, I, I posted a question on Facebook and I said, um, I said how much I loved Maggie, Mad Maggie. And yeah. Said, Every time it was time for Maggie to make a decision, I just had her do the exact opposite of what I would do. Yes. I, I wish I could live life like Maggie, just carefree and no thought of any, you know, repercussions or anything. I'm I'm the opposite. I like I've overthought you know. I've ever done, you know. Uh, but um, but yeah, it was fun. It's fun to write a character that's the complete opposite of you. I'm gonna try that. Okay, Mary Kay, I know you have a question. So, Liam, the father, Bill Sweeney, in this story is dead when we meet him, and yet he is a powerful force from beyond, a writer and an enigma. And I started thinking uh, about John Cheever, but was Bill Sweeney modeled after anybody? Yeah, for sure, too. Too. I wanted him to be kind of sexy and handsome and masculine and engaging. So and that's what, and, and that's John Irving, you know, like remember, John Irving, yeah, hot, yeah. you know, I mean, he's yeah. still great looking. And yeah. he was like a rock star and he was, you know, in the gossip pages and everything. So I wanted to. I love him. 
Yeah, I yeah, I got right. He was read by men, women, yeah. So I wanted him to sort of physically and sort of, you know, his public persona be that. But absolutely, John Cheever, John Cheever, you nailed it. I read Susan Cheever's memoir. You know, he is also from Connecticut, and I just wanted him to have the demons of, of John Cheever. So, uh, so I worked hard. Well. Now you can tell you worked hard. Yeah, I worked hard on that. I always work hard on my male characters because, you know, you don't want that critique thrown at you. I'm I'm sure we're all in the same boat. Uh, And and you want it to ring true. But this, I just, I knew he was going to be a character, even though he was not in, you know, he's he's gone. Yeah, he was such a force. You know, what I started thinking about later was, (laughs) what would this book have been if it was the, Sweeney brothers. They would have oh, right? also said, well, that's dad. Yeah. It oh, would have been like, all right, about. well, see ya. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. How are the kids? Yeah. The brothers they didn't know they had. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I mean, you know, I we have three brothers and we love our brothers and they're great. But it's a different book if it's the Sweeney brothers. Even like if the third, if the fourth, you know, the new person had been a brother, that might have been like kind of fun, kind of but no, another yeah. sister, that's a different relationship. Right. If it had been a brother, they would say, Who got the car? Yeah. <laughs> Who got the house? Or the golf club. Yeah. yeah. Right. For the golf membership. I'll yeah. take the TV. I'll take yeah. the TV. Yeah. All right, Christy, fire away. So we are always so interested um, in our guests' pasts and how they led them to become writers. And, you know, knowing now that you are the youngest of eight children, I think this is a particularly interesting question for you. Um, but it's something we ask our guests every week. What were the values around reading and writing in your house when you were growing up? Oh, uh, you know, my parents were big believers in both reading and writing. My father thought, like, the more esoteric your college major, the better. Like, he, so there was not a, a single, like, practical major in our house. He was a strong believer in the liberal arts. So my brothers and sisters were philosophy majors and comparative literature majors. I was a classics major. Uh None of a, a lot, a couple of English majors. My sister, Monica, is like the only, she was a nurse. She was the only person that like went to, went to college and thought I'm going to do something when I get out. So, um, and my father was just, they, he was just a huge, we just had, used to have a lot of, a lot of discussions around the dinner table around education and, you know, learning the classics and learning stuff. And he wasn't a very practical man at all, even though he was a, businessman he had a very practical job um and we had a million books and i think the best thing about being the youngest was that you know i had all of the books that my brothers and sisters brought home from high school and college so i was reading a lot of inappropriate material at a very early age you know things i didn't really understand (laughs) stuff that was both on the shelves and then hidden under their beds i found those So, uh, so that, you know, that was absolutely like a huge part. But on the other hand, when I, I, when I was looking at colleges, I thought I might go to this place in New York called the new school, uh, which was new at the time. And, uh, cause they had a screenwriting degree. And I remember my father saying, well, that is ridiculous. No oh, wow. one makes a living screenwriting. <laughs> and, you know, cause in Connecticut, no classes instead. <laughs> right. 
Greek and Latin is so much more practical. So that I mean that's that that's true. They had they appreciated it, but they didn't necessarily see it as a you know a job. So um, but yeah, it was a pleasure to grow up in our house. Books. My dad used to take us to me to a wonderful bookstore in um, Westport, Connecticut, Kleins. You know, and he bought a lot of books on Saturdays, and he would never look at my stack. You know, and that was great. That's you know, that's when you can buy Judy Bloom, and he doesn't even know you're buying Judy Bloom, and you know, he's not even looking. So that it's one of my my strongest memories of my dad. Oh, that is such a beautiful story because it is. the thought of, of a child being able to walk out with a handful of books from a bookstore yeah. without a parent going, what is that? What is that? Why are you not reading that? What? Wow. Wow. Okay. Right. Speaking of bookstores, Kristen, would you, you it, Leanne, it's like you like segued for us on purpose. Yeah, thank you. Um, Kristen, just give us a quick, a quick reminder what the bookstore is before we yeah. head into some viewer questions. It's Romans in Pasadena, this little place, this little town you may never have heard of, but Pasadena, California. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I, everyone knows Pasadena. So, um, but, you guys, just a reminder, we feature indies every week because they're the lifeblood of our literary communities, both real and virtual, and they need your support to keep their doors open, to continue putting on these great events, and Romans is just one of the legends, 126 years in the making, like Patty said. So if you're interested in picking up one of our new releases tonight, including the Sweeney Sisters from Leon, you can take advantage of the store's great 10% discount, especially for us, with the code FFHH, which stands for Friends Fiction Happy Hour. And of course, they will ship to you. So FFHH at Romans. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, it's lovely what you're doing. So... Wait, what is that? Hey, Patty, Patty, what was that? What? What is that ring? Answer the door. Answer the door. Answer the door, please. There it is again. Hey. We're so good. crashers. Right here. You're in the show. Everyone can see and hear you. You have to let me intro you. I know oh, you're okay. used to a big family of sisters. I have two sisters. It's my job to intro you. <laughs> <laughs> These are the other satellites, the other satellite sisters. Um, this is Liz and Julie Dolan. Liz Dolan, raise your hand, please, Liz. There you go. Has been chief marketing officer from everyone from Nike and Oprah to Fox Sports and National Geographic. And now her company is Mixed Zone Media. And Julie Dolan is a Satellite Sisters foreign correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> Having lived and worked in Bangkok and Moscow, apparently there are outstanding warrants. So now <laughs> Dallas. Together, these three sisters are the amazing powerhouse of Satellite Sisters pep talk. And we wanted you to have them ask Leanne questions that she is totally unprepared for. Uh -huh. <laughs> Liz, hit it. Okay, oh. I'll I'll go first. Julie's going first. The older first, first of all, a special shout out to Mary Alice and Christy. I'm so happy to see you again. This is delightful. <laughs> it is, is nice. Delightful. It's been years. And, and Mary Kay, here's the thing. Like, as you've been discussing, Leon is eight of eight. And growing up, quite frankly, we didn't care about her. Okay? I didn't care about her at all. 
I mean, I'm 10 years older than her. Who knows? She's, She's a cute little girl. Them. I don't know, but she wasn't in my life. So <laughs> I'm very happy tonight to have an opportunity to interview my sister to find out like what she's really all about. <laughs> so, uh, so you're eight of eight. Okay, Lynn. But you know, the writing process, Lynn, you've been writing all these books. And in the meantime, we work together every single day. Okay. On satellite mm -hmm. sisters, 20 years, we just discussed. Why is it like we're not involved at all in your writing process? Like we don't get to read your books. We don't even know what the title, we don't know what the subject is until until it's finished. Do you get royalties? Uh, no, no. We, get nothing. <laughs> we have to buy the book. That's, that's, right. that's not right. Okay. Oh okay, sister. So maybe just talk a little bit about your process. Okay. Okay. Oh, thanks, Julie. Yeah, no free copies. That's my motto. That's <laughs> that's another hashtag. No, yeah. that's not a hashtag. My family didn't get free copies. Are you kidding? Oh, that's like no. 30 people to buy the book. I mean exactly. yes. Um, you know, don't take it from me. I Nice hashtag. I I have people who are fiction writers read my fiction. I think you're all super talented, Liz and Julie. But I, I your opinion is not necessarily helpful to me. First of all, Julie, you why here here's why, Mary Kay. They love everything I write. Julie's always like, I love this. This is she read this book. She's like, this is so great. We're all in there. Everyone's in like there. Mama, yes. So that's not helpful. Like when you're writing and you're figuring out just the first third work, and they're like, it's all great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they love you. And Liz, you you don't read a lot of fiction, Liz. I mean, I read a lot of nonfiction. That's true. Yeah. I mean, you were a comparative literature major. Yeah. I was familiar with fiction. Yeah, <laughs> familiar. <laughs> but so that's it. Like, I I like to keep the fiction writing really separate. I compartmentalize it. It's my own thing. Um, uh, and I have my own contracts and agents, Mary Kay. And um, <laughs> so it's not that I don't value, you know, I come to for you through opinions on everything, but I have my own team from fiction. Okay. So. Good answer. Okay. Okay. Now I guess it's my turn to jump in. <laughs> I want to, I, I want to bring up a couple of things that came up earlier though, because you were talking about like, what are you doing to stay sane during these crazy oh, yeah. times? And I was thinking without satellite sisters, I'm not sure I would be staying sane. Yeah. The fact that we can yeah, continue yeah. the show every week, the way you guys are doing this, it just keeps you connected enough, right? With people who are not in your living room. And so like we record our show every Tuesday and it just, it's, it's giving structure to my life. So yeah. satellite sisters. And then I think who mentioned the Sweeney brothers as they like, that wouldn't have been the same one. <laughs> The, our original executive producer, when we started the Sweeney Sisters, um, was, Satellite Sisters, when we started, oh, yeah, when we started Satellite Sisters, um, was a guy who had a twin sister. So he was very like sensitive to women, but obviously not a woman. And I remember him saying to us once in a meeting, he said, he said, yeah, you know what the Satellite Brothers would be on the radio? It would be like, hey, how you doing? Okay, how you doing? Yeah. Are you, done? Yeah. you want to you watch the game? Okay. 
He said, and then it would be 59 minutes of dead air. Yeah. <laughs> no, it would be farting and belching. <laughs> That's what that would be. So anyway, so mm -hmm. yeah, we've been at this a long time. So I did want to ask Leanne something about this because I think it's, it's just, Leanne's got a lot of talents, you know, and when, and Satellite, and Sweet, Satellite Sisters has gone through so many changes, as she said, we started on public radio, and then we were a daily show on commercial radio, and then that went away, because ABC Radio went away, and we were all like, what do we do now? And it was, it was Leanne, it was Baby Sister, number eight of eight, who kind of picked the whole thing up and said, okay, Here's what we're doing now. So the, mm. the fact that we are podcast pioneers, thank goodness one of us was young enough to figure out how to do that. Because that's yeah. So with all the you should talk about like the transition from like being nationally syndicated radio star to podcast girl. Yeah. I mean, thank you, Liz. Um again, so this is a surprise question. But uh so um, you know, I just felt like when we lost our show at ABC because they, Disney sold off the radio division, and we couldn't get another distributor. It was 2008. We were an award-winning, money-making show with blue-chip advertisers, and there was no one on commercial radio that wanted to take a shot at five women because they just didn't understand what was happening. And that was 2008 when talk radio was a very divisive place. So we had heard about these things, podcasts, and I just really felt in my bones we were not done talking. Like, just because the powers that be were done with our show as a commercial entity, we still had conversations to have. And our listeners had, you know, things to say and wanted to continue to talk. So I literally, like, picked up my entire iMac and, like, took it into the Apple store. And I remember talking to the 12-year-old genius. And I'm like, okay, so I think I want to start a podcast with my sisters. And he was like, okay, lady. You know, I mean, I was like a middle-aged lady. and um, But he just showed me how to edit in GarageBand and how to connect you all. And, like, Skype was new. And... We figured wow. it out because I just felt really that we were not done and that women still needed these places to go. And we had served a lot of our audience. And I, I know you've all connected on the writing for decades. You know, you know your readers, you know the connection that you have with them. And that's what we had with our audience. So, uh, so for me, I just felt like we weren't done. And like we just blundered our way into the podcast business. Um, there were no gatekeepers. And I, I, I believe in that now. Like, I think it's amazing that anyone who wants to can plug in a mic and talk and post their show and they can find their audience, whatever it is. So, uh, so I'm happy. I was happy to be young. I was happy to be young. I'm always happy to be the youngest sister. <laughs> she, she mentions that. Every single week. <laughs> Every single week. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a little detail. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh, we are no resentment. Yep. No, no resentment at all. <laughs> we are so happy you guys joined us. I swear we could sit here and do a round robin with the three of you. I think we're gonna have to do a um yeah. I'm not even getting a vote. Do a whole satellite sisters episode. Yes. We yeah. got them back. Can I, everybody raise their hand? Are you guys in for it? Yes. yes. We're in. We're in. Because we're in. there's no way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
We're, we're going to do a Satellite Sisters episode. Um, crossover. Yeah, total. This will be so much fun. We're gonna we're gonna have you back to have the whole crew, all all eight of us together. This is astounding. I and I bet we could solve most of the world's problems. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And for all of y'all out there, I know you're you're throwing questions in, and yet we're ending up on time. So we're gonna stay a teeny bit longer after we're done, if the sisters will hang out for a couple minutes. So. Um, But every week on Friends and Fiction, we try to give a writing tip, and it's one of my favorite things, so I don't want to skip over it. So, Leanne, tell us your favorite writing tip. Well, I recently judged a contest for the Irma Bombeck Writing Institute. I'm a faculty member this year, and it was a humorous, it was a contest, humorous essay contest about your sister or your satellite sister. Oh, I wish I didn't know about that. Yeah, it was super fun to read dozens of, um, dozens of entries, but as I love writing my humor column, it's something I've done for 20 years, and magazine columns, when they're 500 words, they're 500 words. They're not 501. They're better if they're 499. And so I was reminded of the importance of word choice. And it seems pretty obvious when you're a writer, word choice is important. But so many of these essays I read, I wanted to just be able to give editorial notes to the writer, like go through it one more time. Is this the funniest verb? Is this the funniest adjective? You know, is there an analogy that might be a little bit sharper? So I, you know, my tip is just, especially when you're trying to elicit a smile or comedy, like sharpness and specificity really matters. You know, is it funny to say walk to the counter? Sure. But is it funnier to say wobble? Funnier? Wobble? Funnier. That's just hands down a funnier word. Or people were like, you know, or she is a rat. Her hair was a rat's nest. Okay. That's a good descriptor. It's sort of level one, you know, level one descriptor, but is her hair, you know, is her hair, oh, I now I can't remember <laughs> anything funny. But I'm like, is there, a, can you take that to the next level? So uh, so that's what I want to leave you with. If you're trying to write a funny thing or something that is, you know, gets a smile, specificity of word choice. Just take another pass. That's the best word. That's great. That is fantastic. Yeah. That is fantastic. Actually, I would say that yeah, any kind of writing. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in comedy, we're lucky. We don't have to use conjunctions or, you know, semicolons or anything. We don't have to make sentences last a paragraph. We don't have to do any of that. But <laughs> That's awesome. So speaking of writing tips, we wanted to tell you about something two of our friends and fiction authors are doing right now, because we've realized as you're messages and notes come in how much y'all love this part so we wanted to tell you about two of our friends and fiction guests who are doing things about writing tips christy paula mclean who is a good friend of ours and the author of the paris wife is doing an every monday ask me anything on her instagram and facebook so go check it out she answers the questions posted on her instagram every monday and we'll post about it in our announcements yeah, and um, and Susan Elizabeth Phillips, who was on in June, along with Jane Ann Prince, who they were both hilarious and wonderful. She is doing regular um, Facebook Lives on her Facebook page. I will also put that under announcement, but they're all just chock full of writing tips. She interviews other writers. She interviews agents. She interviews editors. It's fantastic, and it's just stamped with her trademark humor. 
So I want to take some questions from some of our listeners out there and they're going crazy typing. So Christy, I picked one of those reader questions that I, um, I think it's from Diana. Yeah. Diana Condor. Yes. Um, at what point do you decide this is hilarious. At what point do you decide what the title of your book is going to be? <laughs> or not. Sometimes a little too late. <laughs> is that for me or anybody? That's for you. No, that's for you. Probably for you. I, you know what? I usually come strong with the title first. Uh, so, yeah, I usually, like, you know, as, as soon as I conceive of what the book might be, the title comes to me. I'm, I, I do that a lot on the podcast too. I'm a titler. I'm a titler. So uh, that helps me. But not anymore, Mary. <laughs> um, I was just to say, how often do you have to change it? <laughs> never before. <laughs> you never had to change your title before? No. Oh, gosh. No. Oh, I have. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you've me all written too. more books than me. So, but yeah, I mean, so. It's Mary okay. Alice, there's a question from Anissa yeah. Joy. Anissa Joy Armstrong. As a writer and a podcaster, how do you manage to get it all done? What is a typical work week like for you? Um, you know, uh, for me, I really have to compartmentalize. So because I, the work I do for the podcast is really different than the work than fiction writing, and I and then and the magazine writing, fiction writing is all it's. I, I just I get exhausted. It's I can only focus on that. I can only do that. So for this book, for the Sweeney Sisters, I had a tight deadline for me, six months. That was the fastest I've ever written a book. So I really did just work on the podcast production Monday and Tuesday. Just those are our days to do Satellite Sisters and anything that needed to be done. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I worked on the fiction. Uh, I'm a morning person, so I pretty much no good after 2 p.m. That's I'm already thinking what's for dinner and like I'm done. I'm wrapped up. Uh, so, but I get up early, very very often, pretty early around five, and then uh, I usually you know start writing, uh, walk the dog, and then I start writing from about eight to eight to one or two. But um, it's very compartmentalized, the fiction writing. It takes over, as you know. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. So one of the things we love to do every week is talk about a book that's really affected us that week or really powerful or new. Or So I want to ask the three sisters, Do any? what are, what are y'all reading right now? What books do you suggest? Ooh, okay. Julie raises her hand. Yeah. I was going to say. I just finished The Vanishing Half. Yeah. Oh, I'm reading it right now. Oh, ah, we have her coming. Yeah, oh, she's going to be our I, guest. I'm yep. going to listen because I, you know, I, I have more questions at the end of the book. So it was, um, it was very impactful. It was, there were, there were, I really was so intrigued with the whole story. And, um, and I, I really want to hear, I, it left me with more questions at the end, but that's what I just read. And that's what I was thinking, what I've been thinking about a lot. Yeah. I have anyone saying that. Yeah. So good. It, yeah. It was. Okay. Um, I just, I just, oh, go ahead, Liz. No, you go. You're older. Go ahead. <laughs> I have a couple. I'm reading this right now. Again, 
This is Michael Ian Black, you know, the comedian and actor. This is his his new book. And we're having him on Satellite Sisters in a couple of weeks. So I have this and it's a it's a very serious book, as you can say, mostly serious letter to my son. But very, very thoughtful, very interesting. He'll be an unusual guest to have on Satellite Sisters. So I'm doing that. But then in the meantime, during pandemic times, I'm also taking a I'm taking an African-American literature class at Stanford that is very cross-disciplinary. So it's a lot of things I've read before, like Beloved and things like that. But, but, the, but the lecturers are historians or sociologists or coming at it not from the literary point of view. So wow. we just, we we're doing a raisin in the sun. Oh which is, oh, I'm really looking forward to hearing so the lecture wow. on this, and we're also doing um, so you know needed something else to work on. So that's what that's what I'm we doing. had no idea she was taking this class. <laughs> <laughs> not mentioned to that to us again. Wait, I thought you said you talk every day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Yep. Good, good that we came on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd actually like to read those. Those are fabulous classics. Yeah. It's really, really great. Well, I think what we need to do is have you on every week so you guys can find out what each other are doing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, Leanne, what, what do you do? We, we do just the opposite. Sometimes when we're talking on the phone, we'll start to tell a story, and then the other sister will say, wait, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Save it. <laughs> Save it for the save for the podcast. We want it to sound on the show like we've heard it all before. Or yeah, yeah. Thing. So we will literally not tell each other things on a real phone <laughs> so we can save it for the show. Can you see uh, the thing that you see? Strangers. Yeah. 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 That's about how much more surprises. I just love the sister banter. It's just so bad. fantastic. Okay, Leon, what are you reading? What do you? What well, do you- as usual, Liz is the family overachiever, so <laughs> she can take a whole class. <laughs> um, so, but I just finished. Um, uh, it's a theme here. I just finished uh, Octavia Butler's Kindred. So I've been using. Um, I've been using COVID, the pandemic, to just read outside my genre. I, I don't read a lot of science fiction. I've been reading more historical fiction. I loved The Winemaker's Wife. That was really wonderful. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, but Octavia Butler, this book, Kindred, is, is, is extraordinary. It's time travel from, like, 70s L.A. to the slave south. But she is a Pasadena girl as well. And so I feel bereft that I have not read her. And so my son said, well, that's the book to read. Read, start with Kindred, and it's wonderful. So I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, so I, I'm just really using this to get outside my comfort zone and just read a lot of stuff I don't normally read. That's great. Wow. And I know everybody out there is trying to write all those books down as fast as they can. And I promise we'll put it in the we'll put it on the page so that we can link them all because those are amazing suggestions. So we have a couple announcements to get through really quick. Mary Kay, tell them about our guests next week. Yeah, just in time for Spooky October. Next week, we're going to have my old, old, old friend, Charlene Harris. And, you know, she wrote a little thing called True Blood. <laughs> oh, wow. that was, you know, based on Charlene's it's a little show. 
Yeah, yeah. It's based on Charlene Suzuki Stackhouse novels, and then Hallmark Movies and Mysteries is still showing a series of movies created about her Aurora Tea Garden character. Uh, and then for two seasons, Midnight Texas was on the air. And then two of her other series are in productions. So we're not going to bring her on. We're just going to pick her brains about how to get in show. <laughs> exactly. Really, we're going to talk about, um, she's got a show, she's got a book coming out in January called The Russian Cafe. And her most recent book is called A Longer Fall. So Charlene will be with us next week. And I know you guys are going to love hearing from her. And Christy, want to tell us about the rest of the fall schedule and the newsletter? Yes, absolutely. So after Charlene, October 21st, we'll be having Elizabeth Berg. October 28th is technically a Just Us episode, but we're going to have a really special guest. I think we're going to tell you a little bit more about that later, so I'm not going to spoil it yet. Um, November 1st, we'll be having Viola Shipman. November 4th, Britt Bennett of The Vanishing Half. November 11th, Caroline Levitt. And I could keep going, but that's probably as much as we can all process right now. But let's just say we're having the most amazing guests. I think we're booked out through like April, you guys. It's wow. great. So, so excited about everyone we're having on. It's a great schedule. So we're excited. We're excited. Okay. We can keep talking for hours. You, sisters, do you promise you'll come back on the three of you? No, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're asking you live so that it'd be super rude if you said no. There are witnesses. Yeah. We have video proof. Um, we're texting each other. There's no way we're coming back. I'm actually screenshotting this. Yeah. Um, before we go off, we do want to do that. Yeah. Screenshot. Okay. Free of torch. <laughs> Before we sign off, Sean has keeps tech. Sean is our guy behind the scenes that we're going to introduce one day. And he just sent a note that said a lot of people on the thing are asking about the painting behind me. So I will put um, a note in the in, on the Friends and Fiction page. It's actually a photograph I took that a friend of mine painted for me off a photograph. Her name oh. is Mary Crawford. So oh I but anyway, that was an amazing night, y'all. I feel like my cheeks hurt. Does everybody else? I know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I haven't smiled this much since COVID started. Y'all, oh, well, so I good. love sisters. I'm so glad you all came. Yeah. Okay, we were, we were just delighted to you. be here. Thank Did you meet our goal? Will you be our best friends? Did yeah. you? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> No, it's done. It's done. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for coming tonight. And that's Bye. that. So much. Bye. Everybody. Bye. Oh, you're so great. I was going to say, wow. we're so late. Are we doing a post show? But they're so cute. I they were awesome. Yeah. We just zipped through that. I wish wow. you didn't, you didn't have faith in me. It's 59 minutes and 55 seconds. Wow, you got it, girl. <laughs> Rocked Ooh. it. You I love the doorbell. Yeah, that was amazing. Love the doorbell. Mm-hmm. The doorbell was awesome. Thanks. That was your Mary Kay. I can't wait to, I mean, I don't know where I've been in the world. I mean, I've I've heard of their podcast, but I haven't been listening to it. So now I'm definitely going to listen to it. Yeah, you can could hang out for the after thing. I love that. <laughs> it's it's harder to talk about them behind their backs when they're right here. Okay. Hey, hey. <laughs> and they come back and do a satellite sister show. Yeah, so yeah, that'd be that. awesome. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be super yeah. fun. Yeah.
We I were to invite our, all our sisters and have a huge sister extravaganza. Oh, who could possibly get a word in? That would be crazy town. Especially Christy, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, especially my sister. Your sister that, you know, for everything. causes so much trouble. <laughs> so she doesn't actually her, her pretend sister. <laughs> her satellite sister. My satellite sister. That's right. You know, my satellite sister lives in England. Has she really? Yeah. I about that. Yeah. And she's uh, um, she writes plays and um, is super different from me. Oh. But she's the baby. She's yeah. the baby. So, you know, the baby is always, um, that's a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, which number are you? The middle. You're the middle? Yeah. I'm the oldest of three sisters. Where do you fall, Mary Alice? I'm number three of ten. Good Lord. I know one of five sisters, so that's and five brothers. So we kind of my mom got it right down the middle. Wow! Right. And how about you, Kristen? The oldest of three. Yeah, me too. That's why we're so. <laughs> that is really that's very telling. I feel yeah. like that's and why you a little bit of both organized. Yeah. <laughs> it would be fun to have all the sisters on because what's so funny about hearing from their sisters? And I have a sister who writes also. She writes nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but it's, it's hearing. Yeah, you have a writing sister too. Yeah. It's funny hearing the um, their perspective on her as a writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But I also think it's hysterical that they don't know what's going on in each other's lives and they talk every day. But I get it too. But I yeah. also felt how we how we feel so connected to each other because we see uh, the show. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's. It's been really great, especially during hard times. It's really great to know you. And I do think when you have a lot of people that you're like, sometimes I'll say something. My mom will be like, I'm sorry, what? You never told me that. And I'm like, oh, I must have told this person twice. Or, you know, you're like, wait, I didn't tell you that. What do you mean I didn't tell you that? But yeah, I don't know how that works, but that was funny. But I'm going to tell you guys, I love you. And this was so fun. We love you too. You did a great job. You know, I'll, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. You've been listening to the Friends and Fiction Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Friends and Fiction Podcast wherever you listen. And if you're enjoying it, leave a review. You can find the Friends and Fiction authors at www.friendsandfiction.com as well as on the Facebook group page, Friends and Fiction. Come back soon, okay? There are still lots of books, writing tips, interviews, publishing news, and bookstores to chat about. Goodbye. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.